0: All right, welcome into this week's episode of The Platform Podcast. This is part two of my interview with Mike Silverman, the owner of That Guy Training. Uh, When we last left off, we were discussing his journey into RKC and his eventual journey out of RKC and getting into uh, how he now got into kettlebell sport and discovered the kettlebell kings and became a master trainer with kettlebell kings and many of the adventures along the way as well as some of our discussions of systems thinking and how you integrate different training concepts and principles across various disciplines so i hope you enjoy thank you for listening and let's get into part two of the interview with mike silverman
1: this probably about yeah about the same time uh, i was adding more bells to my home gym and so i went on facebook marketplace it's probably what three years ago now close to it and started looking up you know competition kettlebells i decided i wanted to get some comp bells i'd always played with cast bells so decided, let's get some competition bells and um, met a guy by the name of ryan van brackle um uh, rvb and uh he was selling a bunch he's Reasonably local to me, you know. So God bless Facebook Marketplace, right? You know. So he was selling off a handful of bells, not knowing anything about comp bells. I, you know, he's selling off a bunch of kettlebell kings, uh, competition bells. I so Shoot him a note, going, hey, man, are these things available? And he goes, well, I got this one, I got that one. They were all sort of like odd black stripe weights, and. I was like, eh, I'm really not looking for black stripers, man. I'm really sort of like looking for the standard, you know, four, four kilo uh, blockouts here, and I'm looking for doubles of all of them. What do you got? You know, and he's, you know, it's, it's, it's like I buy doubles of everything, uh, and yeah. uh, and he goes, well, shit, I haven't told him, but you know, we end up basically just bullshitting at this point. It's like, you know, I'm not going to buy his bells, right? <laughs> you know, he sold off the ones that I want, the ones he's got left, I don't. Uh, but we end up just sort of like bullshitting. And so, next thing you know, this 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 bad influence of a friend of mine uh, now gets me uh, interested in. So, what is this whole GS thing? And introduces me to some crazy old people like Nico Reitner, and uh, Brittany, and uh, Vassy Holloman, and 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 a bunch of Bolt Bubbas. Uh, and the next thing,
0: <laughs> and, and so, I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. I like that. Sorry. That just,
1: <laughs> so the that next thing it The bolt, bubbles, the bolt bubbles. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. Next thing you know, I'm looking at it, and I, and I start like reading through the bolt rules, right? And I'm just like, holy shit, this thing matches my philosophy, right? Which is, you can pick your own weight, you adapt it. And I was like, this is like, this is exactly what a rookie league needs to look like, right? Because it's welcoming, but. You can get really freaking hardcore as you go up the rank structure, but you don't have to to join in. You can actually engage the in the barrier,
0: sport. The barrier of entry is, is low. It's, it's non existent a, it's, a, it's, a it's a safe place. You, you come come as you are with the ability that you have, show up, get on the platform, and, and we will give you a, a framework within which you can achieve rank and, and be... It, exactly.
1: Exactly. If you want to go up there with a single 8K pink ball... Uh, and and stand up there and switch hands every fourth rep because your freaking palms hurt. Rock on, brother. Congratulations, man. You got on the platform.
0: Thank
1: you, Thank you very much. You know, clap, clap, clap. You had balls to get out there and you did it. Fuck yeah, we love you. I was like, dude, I am all about you people. Uh, and so. As I started, you know, playing in various bolt things, this is obviously in the before days, right? Before COVID, Uh, you know, but in the before times, you know, when we could actually be in a facility next to one another and not have to all worry about wearing a mask or dying. and so, you know, I'm married to a pediatrician, so I'm pretty protective of her to begin with. You know, it's like, don't get your wife sick, right? She's, yeah. she's treating patients daily. Don't kill my wife, right? Goal number one. Uh, goal number two, don't kill my 74-year-old mother. Uh, you know, so, I mean basic public health protection things, right? You know, the public health side of me still comes out from time to time, right? Captain Silverman might have been a dick, but he wasn't a complete dick. Um, <laughs> and so... And so I start getting more involved with, uh, with with that, you know, meeting, you know, folks like Abby, uh, Abby Johnston and, and, and freaking Marty over in Fairfax and, you know, and, and, and guys like you and Skinner and Chris over over in the UK. And I'm starting to realize like, wow, these people are really rational. And so <laughs> I started engaging as, these as
0: rational as you can be when you suffer for fun. Right. like, right. I, mean, I, mean, right. That was like I was a
1: fireman, right? right. We've, <laughs> we've already established my insanity. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it's like any, any sport where the mantra is die on the platform is I am all about that shit. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and, and so when I start meeting these guys, and and, and I, I, you know, I, and I meet you know Solomon Roskin, right? You know, and so we start jokingly calling ourselves the Jewish kettlebell mafia, uh, you know, and and some of the crazy Israelis that are doing I'm- this. Be-
0: I want in that mafia. I'm not one of the chosen people, but, uh, I'd still, I'd still sign up, man.
1: dominus ominous by the power of Moses. You're a member of the tribe honorarily, right? Woohoo. All right. We're we're a decentralized hierarchy, man. Welcome to the club. Welcome. (laughs) Congratulations. You're an honorary launchman. Um, Awesome. (laughs) So. But as I start getting into these, you know, some of the GS groups and meeting some of the guys from like online kettlebell challenge cup and, and just sort of start networking with these folks around there and realizing that this is this really neat kind of like underground, nobody's, coolest sport nobody's ever heard of kind of situations. But I'm noticing that there's something phenomenally different between that and the hard style people that I'm working with uh, in that when I I bring up, you know, a question in a hard style of, Hey, so what are we, you know, when we're talking about this particular muscle group or this joint angle, or, or I'm working with a client who's got a goniometry challenge uh, for shoulder extension, and they're just like, eh, this is bigger bell, be man, bro, comrade. Uh, and, and the GS guys are sitting there going, well, how's this thoracic extension look? And I'm like, oh my God, I found my people. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and they're like actually talking rationally. About exercise. And they're 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 approaching it, you know, scientifically, very clinically. And 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 make no mistake, these are not soft humans. Right? right. I mean, like these people are fucking insane. Uh you know, I mean, it's like, please tell me Dennis Vasilev is a soft human, but by the same <laughs> token, the guy can actually explain the anatomy of what the hell he's doing, right? And, you know, tell me Steve Cotter is a wuss. Um, but by the same token, the guy will explain to you down to the endocrine level why he's a vegan. Uh, you know. And he'll say, oh, yeah, let me talk to you about this metabolic equation that I've been using. I'm like, holy shit, the GS side of the house is way more normal. <laughs> So, you know, and, and so, you know, like a couple of years ago, and I'm sitting here, and so they kind of, you know, I, I, and sort of, I, I found a, a very different community than what I found in the hard style side of the house um, that was far more rational, far more um, understanding that, that there are form deviations, right? So, you know, you'll, you'll ask questions in, in GS of, well, are you modern or classic style for snatch? And to somebody who's 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 in a GS uh, kind of environment, they understand that that's you know same leg driver, opposite leg driver, right? They understand exactly what that means, and both are correct form. If yeah. I go into a hard style thing and say, "Well, how do you prefer to do your snatch?" They'll be like, "Well, there's only one way, and it's the way that Pavel wrote it in the book." And goddamn it, you're a heretic if you say anything other. Um, and and. and it just—it was such a different change in just the, the corporate culture, and so it's just a, a phenomenally different rationale by the way that people interacted with each other. That uh, it was—it it, was—it was refreshing, right? It was—it was just um, people cheering for each other, like, "Oh yeah. crap, I'm going to compete against you next month," and you're sitting here going, "Bro, you're awesome." Like, oh, my God, we're
0: all in this together, but alone. Uh, That's (laughs) That's my favorite. That's my favorite saying I I picked up from the GS community. We're all in this together, but we're all on the platform alone.
1: (laughs) That's exactly it. Right. And so, right. The first time I go out there to a meet and I'm sitting there and I'm hearing the dude on the platform next to me, like, I think he's going to fucking die. Uh, (laughs) And, and I'm sitting there it's a bolt match so I'm like oh well if I have to set it down I can help the guy for a second as long as I don't get off my box I'm good right um, you know and the guy's like he's gonna die and then and then of course the, the psychopathic side of GS comes in and I go it's like I got six reps on him in a minute and a half fuck you <laughs> <laughs> where, 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 where? you know and I just started sprinting because I'm a dick at that point yeah, you know, I hear this guy. here. and it's like I'm sitting here and saying, "I will throw up before I put this bell down. <laughs> I will projectile vomit on this platform <laughs> before I let this guy beat me at this point." <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of it, you know, we both finish, and we both like, you know, sopping wet and sitting there on the platform. He looks over at me, and we high five each other. And his wife comes over to give me a hug. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you would not find this in the hard style world. You just wouldn't find it. Um, and, and so, about the same time, I start looking to buy more bells. Um, and so, I'm still buying, you know, kettlebells are, you know, a bit like crack, right? You start buying them, next thing you know, they, they tend to breed. Uh, it's like, no, honey, I didn't buy another bell. Why is there a box in the living room? No, I, I mean, I it's like she knows what the boxes look like at this point, right? <laughs> well,
0: and, and, the mine are pretty obvious. They've got a big king on the side
1: of them every time yeah, they show up, you know. Yeah, you know, Funny soda mine, right? <laughs> and so, um, and so about the same time, right, I, I, I had sort of, I had met Marcus uh, you know, through something in, you know, some sort of a online thing. Marcus and I had spoken a couple of times. Marcus Martinez
0: from, from Kettlebell
1: yeah, Kings? Yeah. yeah, Marcus from Kettlebell Kings. Uh, and so I bought a couple of bells, and I get a note from Jay Perkins, and he goes, hey, why don't you take one of our certs? you're pretty active, people know who you are. I mean, you know, it's like you're, you try to help people out in the community, you know. Uh, you know why don't you take one of our shirts? And I was like, all right, cool. So I took their fundamentals course, um, you know, and it's all online. It's all, it's nice computer-based, high gloss, really well-produced videos. Yeah. And then The thing that stood out to me immediately, you know, in the way that the academics were, were done, aside from the fact that Marcus is just an absolute freaking pro, uh, is in the system I was in before, it used the word you a lot. In the Kettlebell King system, the Living Fit model, it used the term your client a lot. Subtle, but really, really significant of when you do a snatch, you do it this way. When you're helping your client do a snatch, here's how you might help them progress.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tone matters. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so I start... Getting deeper into the program, I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is really written like an instructor manual. This isn't this, isn't, this, is, a, this is a pro course. This is not you know like just a matter of you know lift a big bell, comrade. I mean, this is like no shit um, instructor quality course." And so I decided to actually look up Marcus and Aaron's bios because I mean, really, we did not know each other at all a couple of years. I look up his bio, I'm like, oh, well, it's because the guy's a freaking CSCS and used to run the program down the street from where he is now. I'm like, well, no. Duh. Then I look up Aaron, it's like, oh, the guy's candidate master of sport. <laughs> like CMS and, like, every lift in, like, three federations. <laughs> you know? and I'm like, all right. Yeah, he's legit. I was like, these guys have, like, no-shit jobs. But then I start reading also, it's like, they also have academic jobs to back it up. Like, They're degreed, certified, highly credentialed professionals who are just really into the sport and are really focused on making you a good coach. And then I take a look at their number one competitor's chief instructor, and it's a group exercise certificate and a degree in dance. I don't know, dude. Um, I'm I'm, going to go out on a limb and say I would probably rather take my programming from the guy with the CSCS and the degree in exercise science um, and the CMS uh, than, you know, jazzercise. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, it, it, you know, and, and, and you know, they, cre- Kettlebell Kings created their system. They didn't inherit it. I mean, they wrote this thing. They wrote it from white paper. You know, and there will be people that will go out there and say, oh, everybody just stole it. And I'm like. You know, you could say that about anything, right? But you really get down to it. Kettlebells have been around since about the 1700s, uh, and GS has been around since, you know, like the, what, the 1940s. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, Pavel's not that old. Um, You know, I mean, he looks great if he's 365 years old, but, you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb and probably say he really didn't invent it either. Uh, Stuff kind of predates everybody who's presently alive. Uh, So, you know, stole it, did you? Did you really? Uh, And I've actually heard that come out of people before that, you know, I already just ripped off Pavel. And I was like, I I really don't think they did. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm just not, I'm I'm not buying it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's the ignorance of history uh, kind of, kind of thing. But it was, I, I had that same, that was my, that was my moment when I got into kettlebells back, you know, back in the, back in the day where I was like, do I want to get the RKC or do I want to get something else? And I was fortunate, fortunate enough that uh, I, I did the, you know, a little bit of research before I signed, I was close to putting down my money for the RKC cause I live here and I live here in the twin cities and they're, you know, right up the road for me. And, you know, yeah. They're local um, to you, man. You know, my, you know, lifetime was going to pick up a chunk of it, you know? Um, so I was like, okay, it's, that's, that's not too bad. Um, but I started looking into it and then I, I found Valeri Federenko. and it was kind of that same decision for me. I was like, wait, this guy is like, a world record holder from Russia. He was a world champion in this sport that I didn't even know existed until I found Valery Federico. And I was like, Oh, this is like an actual, this is like an actual thing. And I like went down the YouTube rabbit hole, you know, and was like looking up all this. I was like, Holy cow. This is, this is like, awesome. This is, this is insane. He's like, you know, so I see like the videos from like 1980s, 1987 St. Petersburg championship, you know, and you know, you know, all the, all the, all the old school Russian, you know, classic lifters. And I was like, these guys are Fucking nuts! <laughs> like yeah, the, the guys the, 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 the freaking, freaking wooden, old
1: high heel shoes and shit.
0: Pa- well, and they're passing out on the platform at the end of their ten-minute set <laughs> because they're just completely out of oxygen for their brain. And I was like, "This is nuts!" And I was like, "Yeah, that's what I want to do."
1: <laughs> Sign was, me up.
0: <laughs> that was that was that was my choice. And then I came to Bethesda, Maryland, actually, uh, and got my first uh, my first certification with uh, Catherine Iams, uh from the <laughs> from the World Kettlebell Club. And she's you know she's the first female master of sport in the U.S. and it was was, you know, fantastic. It was a great
1: cert. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, and that's kind of like the mental math that I was going through really was, you know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a trainer with a gazillion certs. Okay. Um, if I'm going to lay out money for one, I, I want it to do two things. One, matter. Uh, and two, uh, as a pro, I, I, I want it to matter to my clients. Um, you know, so it's like, it, you know. Sure, I can go out and get some bullshit cert that I could probably gun deck my way through the the, the test. Uh, not really learn much of anything, but, you know, pad my resume, yeah. um, you know, but whatever, I'm already at top pay scale within my company. Um, you know, I'm already pretty expensive. I'm not going to make any more money on my hourly rate doing this. Um, or can I get something that's going to actually just make me better equipped to, to, to help the clients that I have. Um, and so, you know, I'll put together, you know, sort of separate the men from the boys kind of thing. Uh, so like if you'll look at, you know, sometimes I'll post like uh, trainer challenges. I'll, I'll post a scenario in a, in, in a group. Uh, and you saw the one this week where you're just like, "Can I do it in spandex?" I'm like, "God bless you. Yes, you can, big sexy." Uh,
0: I think I, mean, I said I'm I'm, I'm prescribing Julian Michaels dive bomber swings to every to everybody. 10, yeah. 000, Ten thousand dive bomber swings. Put you know insert insert cranium into rectum swings.
1: Uh. Yeah. So the, the one I always like to do is tell people every time you turn a swing into a squatty, God kills a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hurt the kitties, do you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you hate kittens? Well, I'm a dog guy, so the answer yeah, me, is,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with a few fewer cats, honestly. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know,
1: it's not to say I'm against cat death. Um. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah so like I'll post things and it's like um, these are these scenarios are like real people right these are people that I've trained or I've done you know like everybody when you come into a gym you get the first free hour right which is usually half consult half sales pitch right you know it's like every, every gym it's like hey welcome to our gym by the way go meet with the trainers gonna try and sell you a PT which is our higher profit areas uh, you know it's like welcome to working in a commercial gym thank you for coming um, they all pay their rent by membership dues but they actually make their money on personal training, right? Yeah. You know, um, like most gyms, uh, we make three times in PT what we make in dues every month, right? I mean, we're pretty, pretty standard, right? Uh, and so I'll post the things up there and it's definitely a separate the men from the boys or the, the girls from the women, uh, kind of a, uh, a, a trainer scenario of here's Bob. Bob's a drywall hanger. Bob had a total knee replacement, uh, uh, two years ago. Bob can't bring his arms behind his back, but you'll actually put it and you'll say Bob has poor shoulder extension. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, if you don't know what shoulder extension versus flexion mean, maybe you should read a book. Uh, um, you know, and, and it's always kind of fun to sort of watch the, one, the creativity of the really good trainers that are out there. Cause you see some really amazing trainers. It's like, what would you program for Bob, Right. You know, and, and then watch the, 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 the chest thumpers. Uh, well, what would you program smart guy? I was like, I'll, I'll tell you all at the end of the weekend, right? That's you know, a weekend trainer challenge. I'll tell you. I know exactly what the x ray should be for this guy, right? I was, I was like, this is not a complicated scenario. And they're like, oh, well, okay, if it's not so complicated, why would you? You know, it's like, Mr. Scientist. Yeah, I was like, Well, it's <laughs> like, you yeah, know, so what's the answer to the scenario? Well, it's really pretty simple. Bob has a mobility problem. He's a drywall hanger. He's leaning into his left arm to hang the wall while he's using his right arm for his screw gun. Right, it says his classic muscle imbalance, right? His left shoulder is jacked from banging into the wall. He got a total knee replacement on the left side, probably because that's how he's bumping the top sheet if you've ever watched a guy hang drywall. Like, yeah, I was like, know what normal people do in their normal life. If you actually understand these things, you can better help them as a coach, right? You can actually adapt their exercise to it. It's like, so what does Bob need? Well, the first thing Bob needs is a lacrosse ball on a wall. You know, like, what do you mean it's good? Bob's pecs are freaking ridiculously tight. That's why he can't pull his damn arms behind him. I gave him the freaking goniometry numbers. What's a goniometer? I don't need that shit. I'm like, well, you kind of do. <laughs> um, I was like, well, I, I also gave you the overhead score assessment. So if you actually, you know, if you're a NASM, Brookbush kind of guy versus an ACSM, NSCA kind of a guy, um, you know, I gave you both. Like, what do you mean? I was like, this knee moves more than that knee. Okay, well, what's that mean? Well, it means we should probably get his knees both equally flexible before we give him a bell to tell him to start swinging it.
0: Don't load dysfunction.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so I post these sorts of things up there, and as a coach, I kind of laugh about it because people are just like, oh, me, 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 me. And then the real, honest to God, the, like, the no-shit trainers out there will be like, dude, this is fun. You know, and, you know, we, you, you get the guy would be just like, well, if you pay me, I'll tell you what I would program. This guy was like, dude, it's a brain game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying you for this. I'm sitting here going, it's like, but you know, this this group that you're in front of has fifteen thousand people in it. And getting past the fact that, you know, probably two thousand of them are trainers and probably twenty of them are probably jumping into DMs every freaking thirty seconds. One that made me really laugh is when uh, an RKC actually jumped into Chris Giles DMs the other day, they asked me if he needed help with his snatch catch and drop. Uh and <laughs> That shit made me laugh, right? I was like, you have no idea who you just said. That. I was like, the dude's a CMS in like three federations and runs a kettle club in the UK. You're shitting me, right? Yeah. Have, have you heard about the kettlebell sport hangout? Yeah, he runs it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. him and Skinner, yeah, um, they teach champions. Yeah, think he uh, needs yeah. your help on his catch from an RKC. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was funny. I mean, but like literally this dude was like, he, he like posted up a, he posted up a video in that group and, 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 uh, I, I know you saw it cause you sort of snickered. Uh, but, uh, and he posts up videos in the group all the time. It's like, Hey, do you need help with this? And then immediately he's like into the DMS. Hey, can I sell you some online training? It's like, dude, dude, really? First off, you're in Kettlebell Kings group, and you're not even associated with Kettlebell Kings trainers. You're yeah. not even certified by the. You are literally whoring in somebody else's house. Get the fuck out, man.
0: I, I they're they're very gracious as admins there, honestly, because like I I'm like somebody I'm amazed. Somebody somebody just uh somebody just posted a comment on one of my posts. Uh, they posted a thing like like it was like a vietnam foundry of how of how <laughs> of, of how cast iron kettlebells are made and i was like i was like yeah I, I, no i'm good i don't i don't need any, i don't need any bells i'm i'm good i got i got 24 and my wife is already complaining about <laughs> running out of room and there's more coming
1: <laughs> so i was i was kind of laughing right so like <laughs> me and uh um I can't remember who it was. It was another one of the Living Fit instructors, right? Uh, And so, you know, because I've taken all of their classes at this point, and I've actually been advocating with my company has got 60 gyms. And so I actually brought Kettlebell Kings into my company as a preferred provider for kettlebell education. Uh, And, you know, through that process, I've gotten to know Jay and Marcus and Aaron reasonably well, right? Um, and, And, you know, so I've taken all... Of their classes, you know, it's like I have the I have the gold pass, right? I've taken every single class they offer, um, and and so it's like I I know their system. I'm a bit of a fanboy for their system. I just I like the way that they do it. They have a bit of a hybrid style, right? So you see a lot of GS in the Living Fit stuff. Yeah, you see a lot of GS in there, right? And you know, it's like, ooh, a rotational cross legged snatch drop in low tempo. I wonder where might be that lot came from. Right? You know, so it's like. It, Um, you know, and, and and so it's a much more holistic kind of a system, right? It's that sort of fusion of hard style and GS and, and people will tell you, you can't do both. And I was like, I will flat out tell you that's incorrect. Um, you absolutely just just
0: can, just because people are incapable of synthesizing and integrating competing systems doesn't mean it can't be done. It's, (laughs) you know, or, or, and they're not even competing systems. They're just differential approaches to the same thing. But if you're a systems thinker, you can integrate principles from from different systems like that's
1: exactly it it. you know it's like i have an olympic lifter this guy is like a no shit competitive usaw lifter that i train and i use kettlebells to help him with his barbell work i am a garbage olympic lifter right it's like i i I will get through usaw's level one (laughs) i am a Terrible Olympic lifter, flat out, mostly because of my shoulders, right? But off of yeah. a bell that will, you know, cripple you on pure technique alone. But being able to synthesize those two things together has improved his Olympics, right? So um, I will take combinations of things like um, some of the stuff that's more sort of uh, um, on it or IKFF flavored. Um, and hybridize that with some stuff that's really just raw gs and some other stuff that is just straight up rkc put those things together uh, within the exact same program right within the same workout right so you'll do all three of those in the same hour and you'll be fine with it right so it's like okay well what are we going to do for the metcon we're going to do this little thing called long cycle hold your Hold your breath. This is going to be fun, right? No, don't hold your breath. That's that's bad. (laughs) I I want at least three per round, right? Uh, You know, you found the rack? Yeah, find your lungs. Uh, Good luck with that. Um. Breathe from your soul. (laughs) And if you can't do that, breathe the souls of young children. (laughs) Uh, So... But yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I'll have people in there, you know, and like one of my standard go to corrective exercises, because, you know, I get a lot of desk sitters, you know, I'm here in the DC metro area, right? You know the area. It's a professional, it's a white collar workforce around here, right? Most people yeah. sit at a desk all day. So they're all lower crossed and two three three third three quarters of them are all upper crossed, right? So the first thing I'll end up doing with almost every one of them, they go into an overhead squat and like their heels are three and a half inches off, their knees are like almost kissing the turf, they're falling so far forward, right? And their arms are at tit level. Um, you know, I was like, Well, I think I know where we need to start with this, right? And so people were like, Well, what do you do? I was like, Well, the upper i'm going to start them off with something like a trx road They're like what no kettlebell i'm like um no don't be a one-trick pony dude um that trx is going to be the best thing for you right now to get that high road dialed in before i do any load other than what god gave you um yeah. or pillsbury however you work right i've been there too um, you know and but god gave us pillsbury so you can be all religious about that if you really like to um, <laughs> uh, so you know people you know it's like box jumps are earned but why don't they immediately do box jumps? Like, Because you're going to finally kiss the freaking wall. Fall you <laughs> on your face. You're going to play Hey Kool-Aid through my drywall and I don't really feel like watching it. Um, you know. And then, you know, it's like, and then we're going to go hard sell. We're going to go into goblet squats. What about swings? They're not there yet, dude. You're going to do some what? goblet squats <laughs> with like a 12 kilo bell. But the guy's 300 pounds. Right. Hold my beer. Watch this. Oh, look. And rep four. He's starting to sweat. Rep five. He's turned a little... Why, why don't we maybe go ahead and just do some box squats first before we even put you under load right Yeah, you know, and but then we're then we'll finish out with like double eight kilo jerks with a really big dude i was like what do you want one minute on one minute off nothing fancy gotta be like really I'm like yeah do it and the first thing you're gonna start sprinting at like a 17 pace or something i'm just like okay wait for it 15 yeah. 16 17 20 seconds and here it is yeah, you know, it's like, "Eh, hey, feel that like Tate moving on." Yep. And he's done. And yeah. I look let's at all see, my
0: how long, let's see, how long can he go over threshold? Oh, we're about 90 seconds in now. we got about maybe 30, 40 more seconds here. the best. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Right. Okay.
1: So it's like, I got one of my dudes that I train, right? And so like, I will absolutely throw GS into his program, right? And, and so I train this guy and he's a big guy, right? He's like 6'6", about 350. I mean, he's a big dude, like humongous man. And I have destroyed him with little bells. <laughs> Absolutely just crush this guy. He was like, what are you doing? He's like, look, I'm gonna do a little trick from my buddy Marcus here. Because he yeah, I said we're gonna go between pendulum swings and hard style swings arbitrarily for one minute. <laughs> and he goes, What do you mean? I was like, all right, so like, you know, little T-Rex, you know, just like just break playing, just dancing with bells. And then when I say hard, bam! Full tilt. And then I'm going to tell you, soft. I'm just going to have you go down, do little T-Rexes, some little nice soft laid-back pendulum It's two-handed even. Right? When I yell hard, you go ape shit. And I'm doing that. I said, you're about to experience the longest minute of your life. Because we're completely screwing with them mentally. And because they can't concentrate on the movement. Because they don't know when I'm going to yell. It's like an SAQ drill with a kettlebell, right? Yep. Uh, they're just waiting for the stupid beep. They have no idea where that shit's about to go, right? And, you know, you'll absolutely destroy a really, really fit version with, like, a 12K. Bit. And that's where you find the puritanical systems just can't keep up. They just can't do it, right? You would never see that drill in either a straight GS or a straight hard-style kind of a system. You just wouldn't see it. Yeah. And, but that's a Marcus thing, right? And so it's like, so, yeah, I, I absolutely flat out bought into the dude's system. It's like, shit works. Like this is what happens when an academic who actually knows fitness gets into it.
0: Well, it's, it's the ability to take things to first principles, right? That's, that's really what it really, what it comes down to, right? You, you have to understand that there are first principles that apply to any movement system. And it's, you know, like you're talking about the ability to translate Olympic lifting to kettlebell or vice versa, right? Well, what you need, connection to load and then you need force transfer into load. Well, what's the difference between a barbell jerk and a kettlebell jerk? Well, the hips go forward on a kettlebell jerk because you need to keep elbow connected to the load, right? Your elbow has to stay connected to your hips, so the hips have to come forward. That keeps your hips connected to load. In the barbell jerk, the load is connected at the shoulder, so your hips can go back. So you let your hips go back because you can generate more power from a hip back squat position, and you transfer that force into the ground through the shoulder into the load, right? But it's the same principle under, underlying. The first principle is connection, ground force connection, and force transfer into load, right? Those those are the basic two first principles, right? And, and if you if you can if you can reduce things to first principle, you can translate between different puritanical systems and integrate them.
1: Yeah, and, and and one of the funny things that you sort of run into when you start looking at this and you start looking at some of these systems that you would think are reasonably puritanical, what you discover is that most of them really aren't as puritanical as as superficially they would come off, right? So you look at like USAPL, right? People are like, oh my God, powerlifting, it's got to be totally, it was like, powerlifting is a skill of art. Like, Have you ever watched somebody set up for a bench pass? I've seen probably at least five or six sort of like ways that people will just sit up on the bench right i'll see guys that'll like slide up underneath the bar from the head drop toes at the at, at, at the pivot and then arch out to the point where like you know their freaking sternum's already on the bar before they've even <laughs> break the jacobs right uh, and then you see other dudes that you know do like the uh the two knees on the tips of the bench screw it down then sit down and god help you if those feet break floor right um, you know, when you see, you know, when when you see uh, powerlifters setting up on platform for, uh you know, for, for squat or for a deadlift, you know, you'll see guys at everything from ultra sumo where their toes are all the way out on the plates to I have to put, you know, second toe on spindle to both toes inside spindle to toes on first knurl, uh, you know, and, and so it's like you see all of these things, right? You see in GS, you see a lot of these sort of basic first principle terms of art, though, in the way that each athlete does their skill. Um, you know, uh, you'll see folks that when you look at them from the side in a GS jerk, it literally looks like a worm. Mm. You know, I, I call yeah. it doing the snake, right? You know, so it goes, you know, knee, hip, L-spine, T-spine, roll, and you get that nice weavy little You look at from the side, and it's just... They're just it's like an s curve just happened. throw the head
0: throw the head back as the bells go up
1: and <laughs> right yeah you know, it's like oh my god that's beautiful to watch and then you watch people just like you know, the bell still goes up and you still got the double dip and you still got your rep count right and you're not all sitting down there with your ass a foot and a half behind you and your chest two feet out in front of you and the head's rolling back and the shoulders are just arched it's like no he just goes basically straight the hell up yeah,
0: okay. that's me,
1: wow. as much that's as possible. Right, that, right, I'm a power lifter, right? I'm a stupid fireman. I'm going <laughs> to blink straight up, right? And there's no art to my jerk, right? But it's a rep count and I'm throwing the bell. And you sort of see those exact same sort of things translated to those systems. And so if you're gonna really kind of do the best for your client with those systems, um, you have to have a system itself that is flexible enough to allow those mobility differences, those anatomical differences, um, those skill differences, and just the fact that everybody's built just a little different differences um, that work, right? So humans adapt to the environment that they're working in. There is. A tremendous amount of both elasticity and plasticity to the human body um, having a really really doctrinally dictatorial kind of a system that doesn't adapt for that and said well that's a no rep because you know you're you when when you windmilled your uh, you know, or when you uh, windshield wiper your foot on the Turkish get up it doesn't count um, you know, you, you didn't windshield wiper at exactly 90 degrees. Uh, you didn't have the perfect isosceles triangle between your palm, your knee, and your toe. Um, okay, well, that's great. Um, this chick busted her hip in a car crash. She can't do that. Yeah. Well, then she can't be certified in our system. I was like, well, then your system is crap.
0: Well, that did, you, you know who, do you know who Chris Duffin is? Uh, i know the name i don't know him personally. He's from from kabuki from kabuki strength he's a world record holding power lifter he did oh he did yeah that's why de- i know de- him de- deadlifted a thousand pounds three times squatted a thousand pounds three times um but he also at one point went to do the rkc certification and part of that is the is the dead hang pull-up requirement yeah, right. right um well he can't straighten his elbows because he's got some he's got some bone spurs and stuff like he literally can't lock out his elbows so he's got some he's got, and he and so they're like yeah you can't get or they're like well you have to be able to pass the pull-up certification to make sure that you're strong enough and we have to make sure that you have <laughs> enough lat strength It's like the man can deadlift a thousand
1: pounds you don't think his lats are strong enough like <laughs> to tell you what if I can deadlift the entire cadre laying across a bar right now do I pass um, if I can do a pull-up while holding my instructor between my knees will that count
0: yeah. But no, elbows weren't straight. Elbows, elbows weren't straight. Like I'd be, I'd be fucked. I can't straighten my right elbow. You know, that's what happens oh, yeah. when I hyperextended a bunch of times playing football, right? Like I just, I can't straighten my right elbow completely. I don't, it might not ever be able to again. I don't know.
1: Right. Okay, and that's the thing. It's Ho- like, my, to
0: get there, but we'll see.
1: My left shoulder doesn't go as straight as my right. Why? Well, because when I was a firefighter, I fell through a fucking roof. While wearing full happen. gear, I grabbed a rafter, right? With, CBA on my back, fell about 12 feet, caught my fall on my hands, and landed on a bed that was on fire. Uh, Could not lift my arms, right? On the left side, I tore my lat, teres major, teres minor, most of the rotator cuff itself, part of the posterior serratus, um, you know, and the rear delt. On the right side, I tore the lat, the teres, the rotator cuff, and then popped the bursa. So please tell me again how I'm going to do these things. I'll wait.
0: You just got to man up, Mike. I mean, you, yeah, you just, cle- clearly I'm not Russian enough. Uh, you just got to man
1: up. Exactly, I'm clearly not Russian enough. You look out that door right there. My our from my grandmother that was carried over in a duffel bag on a ship is sitting on the ledge, but I'm not Russian enough. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, bubby stuff is just on the other side of that door, dude, but clearly I'm a shit Russian, uh, you know, but, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's definitely a lot of that, and so the, the more doctrinal your system tends to be, the less likely it is to really adapt, right, so, like, I, I really tend to enjoy watching stuff, guys, uh, guys like um, uh, John Rusin, um, I, I just I, I think the world of what he puts out there. Uh, so um, I, I like uh, um, I like Drew Miller. Um, he's fantastic as a DPT and also probably one of the strongest kettlebell lifters you're ever gonna see. He's a hard style guy, but he's a freaking beast. Um, you know, um, I, I'm 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 a big fan of what Brent Brookbush is doing. Um, I know that's a reasonably controversial kind of a position in certain circles right, because he is definitely putting portions of the industry on their ear in the personal training side. Uh, So, Brookbush Institute basically just said, yeah, we're not actually going to be an uh, NCCA certified personal trainer because we think it's a scam. Um, You know, it's like, what? Uh, (laughs) But by the same token, if you take his human movement specialist, I guarantee you've damn near gotten a degree in kinesiology by the time you finish the 80 hours. Yes, I said 80 hours, uh, of primarily AMP skills. Uh, so, you know, it's like, yeah, go ahead, get that cert. Tell me, uh, t- tell me again that it's substandard. I'm like, dude, it's telling me, it's like, so what exactly are the innervation points on the erector spinae? Shit. I don't remember all my innervations. I haven't studied <laughs> that stuff since the early nineties. Yeah. Well, guess what? you know, Brent wants you to learn it. It's like, you know, uh, but it's like, well, but his CPT is not NCC, uh, NCCA uh, accredited. I'm like, yeah, but his continuing ed is accepted by the chiropractors, the physical therapists, the athletic trainers, the licensed massage therapists. Uh, I'm gonna gonna oh, let and say the guy's probably not, oh, by the way, his courses are also serving as textbooks for four universities. And people are like, well, how much does a trainer cert cost? I it said, it's free. And they're like, wait, what? Huh? yeah, it's free. So you join Brookbush uh, Institute's website. Um, there's an annual fee to be a member of it, right? It's a continuing ed kind of website, sort of like IDEA or, or, or Club Connect or something like that. Uh, and you log into it and you take his video lessons and you read scholarly articles. He's huge on research reviews, right? So if he pulls out an art, you know, if he's got a course, there'll probably be 150 sites in the bottom of it of first source Sports science, right? Like, no kidding. It's like, yes, you should program four, you know, four to 10 reps for this. Why? Footnote per N6. Click, boom, here's the study. It's like, hell yes, thank you. Uh, so, I mean, like, no shit. I mean, he's really in there, but uh, it's it's about 20 bucks a month to be a member of Brookbush for unlimited continuing ed, uh, and once you've completed the number of hours that are required in each of the modules, cert auto-issues.
0: Nice. That's awesome. he, does, he doesn't charge for it. I wasn't familiar. I wasn't that familiar with that. I mean, I, you know, I know the name, and I, I was, I was familiar with the certification, you know, in in theory, but I didn't know, I didn't know that it was free, um, but a continuing ed, you know, uh, subscription. That's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, you have to get 80 hours of continuing ed broken out in certain modules, and once you've achieved them, the cert poops itself out of the computer. Um, he doesn't charge, and uh, it's good for two years, and it auto-renews as long as you are continuing to take, continuing it through his system. It will continue whatever the date of your last course is, plus two years is when your shirt's good through. Um, and he, he largely views himself sort of as the Elon Musk of PT education. And he goes, um, he actually ultimately wants to get to the point where you can actually get a physical therapy degree through his program and just go in to do your clinicals. Uh, he yep. goes, the whole education system is a scam, and I'm just tired of it. <laughs> I mean, like, well, what does he know? I was like, dude, the guy's got more consonants after his name than a small alphabet. Um, you know, he's, he's a DPT, a CSCS. He was the lead NASM field instructor. He was teaching for Mike um, as, you know, all those field clinics and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the guy's just like, you know what, yeah, that's fine. I'm completely comfortable certifying people. If you can get through this shit, I am completely comfortable saying you are a certified trainer. Nice. (laughs) And it was ten times harder than any of the crap I've done since, man. It was brutal. Uh, but yeah, it's very cool. It's a great model. Um, but you know, it tends to to sort of kind of go that direction. Um, you know, and, and so I'm I'm kind of hoping that the industry starts to shift a little bit. Um, away from the 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 angry meathead testosterone poisoned kind of a model, you know starts to get yeah, maybe I'm, a little. I've been
0: hoping for for years that it was actually going to become a, uh, a a licensed profession recognized and. And regulated in a, in a way that you know, in the same way that that you know PTAs and nurses and yep. and, and you know, in that same because you're a practitioner of you're a practitioner of 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 health information, right? In the in that same function, obviously in a different silo, but you know you're. You're using exercise and prescribing exercise to to address health issues. And to your earlier point, right? If if you can't recognize contraindications of movement prescription, uh, if you can't appropriately prescribe a loading pattern, uh, don't you know? You know <laughs> don't. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But there should be regulations in place to prevent people that don't have the capability or training to to do that um being able to do it (laughs) yeah
1: and 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 so in other countries they've started to do that right so the uk and australia and a couple countries within the eu um have taken that kind of a model and so a good friend of mine mckenna smett uh and so um She's uh, another trainer that I work with. She's a Towson State kinesiologist, and you know, so I'll, I'll let her slide. Still in the state of Maryland, but she's not a turd. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let her slide for being Towson, but you know, I I, I love me some McKenna. Uh, but she um, she and I have actually uh, worked a little bit within our state legislature, obviously to go absolutely nowhere, just because you know I don't have the lobbying money that you know, the uh, the the URSA the, the folks in the health lo- health, uh, health club industry lobby would have. Um, but uh, one of the things that we were trying to do is uh, identify a means by which there could be an expanded practice, expanded scope of practice, personal trainer versus a regular trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you're a regular CPT, right, it's up to your gym to go ahead and determine what's the appropriate level of cert that's going to meet their company's insurance, right? Because that's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Why do you want an NCCA? credit Cert. Right, exactly. Why do you want an NCCA accredited cert? Because somebody said the cert's not crap. Uh, well, is the accreditation itself worth anything? Not really, but it's somebody to diffuse the risk over to us that puts some modicum of rigor against it. But. Um, by the same token, we sort of view ourselves, and, and, and Dr. Mazafari, Bobby Mazafari, is a, a good buddy of mine. He's actually a, a hard style certified instructor as well as a doctor of chiropractics. Um, he's a chiropractor hating chiropractor. Uh, so he thinks, <laughs> thinks two thirds of the guys in, in Cairo are, are kind of quacks and clowns. Um, he is a no shit primary spine, you know, like Penn State certified primary spine practitioner. He's a Logan graduate. Um, and the reality of the matter is, the guy's got one of the most rational approaches I've ever seen, right? And so, even you know, even within DCPs, there's there's huge philosophical differences between like Logan and Palmer, uh, like phenomenally different. But Bobby's a very evidence-driven kind of a practitioner. I've seen him put guys back together, you know, my you know my clients back together, and it's like, oh my God, this guy literally works miracles for my people. So he's, he's got my loyalty. But there, you know, there's a handful of us, and what we started wanting to do is. My gym does a lot of sort of very hands-on with our clients, uh, assisted stretching uh, and that's, you know, and, and, and PNF facilitation and things along those lines. And, and that started getting more and more expanded as we were going. And so when you start getting things like hypervolts getting introduced uh, and start getting into things where we were actually doing facilitated trigger pointing Um Um, releases and various things that were really probably well beyond the legal authority or scope of what a personal trainer should be doing but those of us that kind of came up either through an ATC kind of a program uh, or who have worked in a PT clinic we were very competent knowing how to do it but it's probably not appropriate for a personal trainer in general to do these things. And so what we were sort of looking at is would there be kind of a middle ground, a way that you could retain CPT as a deregulated profession, right? You know, you know, pay your money to whoever, take your weekend crash course and, you know, go out and get your training card, hang your shingle last four months. And I'll see you in a couple of years when you're like, you know, doing construction or some shit, because the reality is a vast majority of trainers wash out in the first six months and they're clowns. Um, you know, and, and, and we running running like, right, if you've been a trainer more than two years, you're kind of an OG at this point. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, how many trainers really last more than a couple of years? And the reality is not very many, right? I mean, the cost of entry to become a personal trainer is pretty low, uh, both financially and intellectually. It's not that tough. And so there's, there's a huge difference between you know, a certified personal trainer and a qualified personal trainer. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, they're not necessarily independent variables. Um, and so what we had started looking at is um, what would it take? And this largely came because I was actually realizing I was getting a lot of help from my clients by helping them get their mobility enhanced. And that required me touching them. Okay, that that required me, you know, moving them around, um, assisting them into positions, assisting them with stretches, um, going. Oh, look, this this is clearly a trigger point. Um, let me take this ball, or let me take this point device, and release the shit. Um, <laughs> you know, and as long as you were sort of, and I started reading the Maryland law, and I actually thought about getting my LMT just to make sure I was completely copacetic with the state of Maryland, and. I started reading what the Maryland state code was and it was crap. Uh, and the way that the law in Maryland had been written, it, it effectively had outlawed yoga instructors, Pilates coaches, uh, personal training, anybody who because it literally said that anybody who assists somebody who's uh, with stretching is practicing massage therapy. I'm like, really? little overreach board of, of massage therapy. And so the massage therapy board in Maryland is actually a subordinate board to the chiropractic board. Just like the ATC board in Maryland is underneath the medical board, right? So the doctor supervised the ATCs, the chiropractor supervised the LMTs in Maryland. So I called, you know, Bobby, my, my chiro buddy. I'm like, Hey, uh, Hey dude, um, any friends on the board? I said, well, I called the board's administrator, and she basically told me to pound sand Uh, when I said, hey, look, can I get a really clear definition? Because it looks here like you've effectively outlawed health clubs uh, or claimed purview over health clubs, and you've effectively criminalized the entire fitness industry by a really poorly written scope of practice in the state law. (laughs) And uh, she basically blew me off, told me, you know, the code is the code, piss off, and Eventually, I managed to work my way up the food chain and, and even talked to one of my state senators and got to the point where they were basically saying, yeah, we would never actually enforce that. I said, OK, so then pull it out. If you're not going to enforce it, pull it out. We
0: and, have this law, but it's not one we're actually going to do anything about.
1: Right, so delete it, please. Right. OK, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it, we're making criminals out of people that really aren't doing anything. Uh, and so what I then did is I said, okay, well, let's now like expand this conversation a little bit. She goes, yeah, I said, so health and fitness is an allied health function. She goes, okay. I said, so if we take a look at all of the allied health professions, right? So dieticians, um, you know, um, you know, the massage therapist, sort of everything that doesn't say MDRN or PA, right? You know, like not all the first and second tier, you know, scalpel or blood pressure cuff kind of things, right? And and this is as 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 a retired paramedic, right? So it's like, I know how allied health is supposed to work. I'm a public health guy, for God's sakes, right? If you look at health systems, within that health system, Gyms very clearly fall in the preventive health category, right? Uh, They can also fall a little bit towards the rehabilitative category, right? So if somebody gets hurt and the orthopedist screws them back together and the PT uh, rehabs them back, okay, well, when you get discharged from physical therapy, you're really not done, right? You've still got a long way ahead of you in most cases. So where do you end up? You end up in a gym. Corrective
0: exercise specialist,
1: or right, and so you end up with effectively a CES if you want to go ahead and you take the NASM speech, uh, or something similar in ACSM. I mean, there's ACE has one now too, right? But it's basically the person that knows how to like, you know, eyeball and fix structurally based things. Right? Shoulder don't move right, hands fall forward, right? FMS, you know, that's another one that's out there, great system as well. Um, Supple Leopard, you know, Kelly's system is phenomenal, right? It's like a you know, required reading. I recommend it to most of my clients. You know, it's like, it's 30 bucks on Amazon, dude. It's totally where they just go buy it, find where it hurts, take the lacrosse ball, do what Kelly says. Uh, you know, I swear to you, you'll feel a little bit better. I know it's hokey, but just do it, will you? Um, you can't move, Bill. Um, And so, um, you know, and and so I said, you know, what would it take to legally expand the scope of practice for a personal trainer who has these CES kind of skills, right? These sort of halfway between like an LMT and a CES or an ATC, sort of like this, this sort of like kind of an advanced personal trainer skill set that would legally allow them to like touch people to sort of do almost more of a medical exercise kind of an approach and they go, well, what'd you have in mind? I said, well, I, I can see a couple of ways of doing it. They go, okay. I said, well, LMT is 600 hours. They go, right. I said, I talked to the school of massage. They go, right. I said, I sent them a copy of my degree, all my Brookbush Bush crap and all my personal training stuff. And they said, I only need to do about 200 hours to actually get my LMT board eligibility. It means that I am two thirds of the way there already. as just a dumb trainer you know, right? I said, I know a lot of people that are other dumb trainers like me with similar pieces of paper on their walls. You know, right? I said, so if I'm already two thirds of the way to a licensed profession, but I don't want to regulate the personal training industry, right? That bridge too far. Don't want to go down that. And it also makes all my libertarian hackles fire up anyway. As soon as you say, let's regulate anything anyway. Uh, so that being the case is there sort of a middle ground, right? where we could basically have something like the Aussies have where you have like tier one is basically a trainer who can go in, um, do basic personal training. They can work from established X-Racks. They can work within established protocols of whoever their certifier is, be it NASM OPT stuff, uh, or guidelines for access and testing from ACSM, or NSCA model, whichever model, okay, whoever your certifier is, you sort of stay within their model, you don't go off script. Or a level two trainer is, you got a degree, you got some other stuff, and now, just like an athletic trainer, you file a care plan with a supervising physician or chiropractor or some sort of license, somebody with the word doctor, a DPT, I don't really care which, that now sort of has cognizance over you, but in return for the ass pain of doing that, the way that the athletic trainers do, you can touch people, you can go off book, and get certain modalities you're now allowed to use, right? So if I wanna go ahead and hit somebody with a, uh, with a hypervolt and a hydrocolator, Godspeed, man, rocket. Okay, do what's right for your client. You've already filed this plan and you're under some modicum of medical supervision to do so. Um, and they go, wow, it's a fantastic idea. I said, cool, I got these four Kairos and two DPTs that are also endorsing the idea. They say, it's amazing. Said, yeah, but we're not going to do that. So it's like, we did try, okay, we, we kind of got shot down. Um, but what I've actually started to do, so anytime I have one of my clients who's either medically complex um, or has gotten themselves hurt somehow, I mean, people get hurt. I mean, welcome to the real world. Um, the first thing that I do is I say, okay, I'm going to refer you to a, one of these four or five you know, medical you know, chiropractic or DPTs that, that I work with. When you get there, I said, I'm going to call them and tell them I'm referring you. I am going to give them my assessment of you and why I am referring you, right? A proper medical handoff, right? A turnover report, it's crazy. Uh, And in return, what I'm gonna have you do is sign a HIPAA with your medical provider that enables them to discuss you candidly with me and we are gonna tag team. And so, like, I'll do this with Dr. Maz. This is why I brought up Bobby or Dr. Josh Funk as a DPT, Dr. Anthony Areno, Dr. Tim Bifolko. These are guys that I work with around here that all have doctor in front of their name <laughs> for a damn good reason. And my clients all sign a HIPAA with them. And we coordinate that patient care. They're my client, they're your patient, but they are mutually a person we have an interest in. And we use this to do right by people. And that sort of a model isn't real common in fitness, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but when you see, like, especially with COVID, all the health marketing that's going on, it's like, gyms are important for health. Because of public health, we need to open the gyms. I was like, okay, now you just wanna start billing your members again, I got it. But if, you know, and I posted up on Instagram last week and really pissed a handful of people off, it was pretty funny. It's like, if you wanna be treated like allied health, start acting like a clinician. Um, (laughs) you know, people are like, what? Like, your gym is part of the public health system. It absolutely is. Um, there is mountains and mountains of science that people that go to the gym don't get as sick and don't get as hurt. Hell yeah. More gym, please. Right? This is old research. This has been like reinforced for like decades, right? Then why do your trainers still act like apes? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, mongo lift barbell. Okay, well, chill out there, Mongo. Maybe Mongo check blood pressure. <laughs> you, you know, and like people come into my gym, right? We're a pretty high-end gym, right? And, and, and like we'll do an in-body scan on somebody. And, but half of the trainers that are there have no fucking idea what the numbers on that machine actually mean. I actually saw a a trainer one time and this guy was a rookie and we sort of like quietly corrected him but when it tells you base metabolic rate he goes dude this is how much you need to be eating every day like no that's how much he needs to eat to not die (laughs) and and, and they're like well what do you think i was like dude bmr is not how much you should eat if he was in a coma right this is his burn rate (laughs) right that's one met laying in a bed dude And, and, and so even just dumb shit like that, right? So like an in-body scan, right? Which half of the gyms out there have just turned into, you know, it's like, you know, the DEXA truck will show up at the Golds and then like, you know, you walk into your turn, it's like, look, dude, I got a DEXA and the chairs doesn't know what the fuck that means. But he's gonna sure as hell try to sell you some shakes. <laughs> I guarantee you something in a bottle that has some sort of, you know, freaking proprietary mix is gonna be sold to you from the health bar, right? You're gonna get a magical enhanced smoothie from the lifetime guy. You know, It's like, they have absolutely no relevance, right? I mean, Americans have some of the most expensive urine on the planet to begin with, right? You know, it's like, you know, if you're pissing highlighter yellow, you don't need that much B6, dude. Uh, um, You know, it's it's like, why am I peeing highlighter yellow? It's called thiamine and you have more than enough, thanks. You can probably stop now. (laughs) uh, you know, uh, no, you probably don't need to supplement mag. Uh, you're good. You know, you're, you, are you, pre- are you pregnant? No, I'm a dude. Okay. Well, then eclampsia is probably not a high risk factor for you. Uh, you know. so uh, I mean, it's like, you know, shit that a trainer should know before making recommendations. They don't. And so we had proposed the state of Maryland to create an advanced practice personal trainer that knows these things. Uh, unfortunately we got stonewalled um, but yeah I mean you know I'm generally not a fan of regulating what shouldn't be regulated what I'd rather do is um, permissive licensing rather than restrictive regulation so it's like you know um, we're not going to say you can't do what you're doing now but if you do a little bit better we're gonna give you more uh, we're gonna let you get into somebody else's swim lane a little bit <laughs> uh, which means oh yeah that's right you'll make more money Wait, what? So, wait, he's a state-certified advanced practice trainer, so now instead of 120 an hour, he's 150 an hour? Hell yes, I will go get that. Thank you very much. You know, know. The, the nice the
0: other the other piece of that in, in this in this uh medical model is if if there is that, you can start getting into hey, perhaps insurance will re- will reimburse half of the Whoa, whoa let's not go for- off the
1: deep end there, man. Paramedics aren't even allowed to practice in the damn hospitals because the nurses lobbied Jaco.
0: I'm I'm saying things as they should be, not uh not as <laughs> they are, right? Like yeah, uh, so-
1: how- how crazy
0: how crazy would it be if, if if personal training actually was considered uh preventative care and we we tried to actually prevent people from getting sick and obese and uh you know th- those types of things but so
1: back in the olden days also, <laughs> yeah, exactly back in the olden days also known as 1993 uh back when i was just a young atc at the university of maryland <laughs> um go go terps right on for the turtle Uh, uh, i actually uh was both a plaintiff and a defendant in a lawsuit between the maryland athletic trainers association and the maryland physical therapy association uh because the um physical therapists uh, were suing the personal the athletic trainers for practicing physical therapy without a license the athletic trainers subsequently countersued them for restraint of trade fun. Well, ultimately, the thing was, um, PTs kept exponentially increasing their cost, right? And it ultimately came down to a matter of the PTs could bill insurance. Um, and so they kept increasing their educational requirements. They say, see, and these stupid athletic trainers, they don't have master's degrees. No, they're all bachelor's programs back then. So then all the athletic trainers started getting You know, master's degrees. Well, see, now we're DPTs, so they're still shitty master's degrees. So now they're all DATCs. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at it as a public health system thing. What do you think that does to the cost of those people? Through the roof. Let's start whining about our college loans now. Right, you artificially inflated the shit. 90% of the stuff that people are getting these degrees in don't need them. ATC does not need to be a doctorate. It genuinely does not need to be a doctorate. If that is your major and you spend two solid years doing nothing but your 2,500 clinical hours living in a damp sideline in a training room, taping an ankle in eight minutes or less with a, three mat, with a three stirrup ATC model on it, right? Throwing moleskin like people throw dollar bills at strippers. Um, You know, the reality of the matter is bachelor's is probably totally fine. Um, But you can't build with a bachelor's and therefore you don't make as much money. And so we have actually inflated the cost of our healthcare system by stupid bullshit like that. And so that's why I'm very hesitant to go to a licensure-based model Um, rather than just making it a permissive-based enhanced practice model where you opt-in rather than be required to. Um, So the reason for the supervising doc is that my care, so an ATC doesn't directly bill Blue Cross. The ATC submits the care through the MD who bills Blue Cross. supervising physician right now they don't have to be in the same room right a chiropractic assistant is a i think 250 300 hour cert in the state of maryland right um a chiropractic assistant is a licensed professional in the state of maryland they have a, a piece of paper for the state of maryland on it they're not billing blue cross the dcp is their medical oversight they don't have to be in the same room and so we even went down the hole of could some of our trainers get certified as chiropractic assistants, and work remotely without having the doc on video while I do it. But I'm still under his medical supervision, insurance, and billing. So we were going down all kinds of things as far as what a potential enhanced practice for a personal trainer could be. But the upswing of the whole thing for the system of systems, if you will, is that it effectively weeds the idiots out. Because when people go to a high-end gym, and around here people make pretty good money. I mean, you've been to Bethesda. I mean, it's this is not a low-rent district, right? It's an expensive place. I think the median salary here is about eighty-five thousand, right? So people make pretty good bucks around here. I'd say half to two-thirds of the trainers in my gym make six figures. I mean, it's a no-bullshit environment around here, right? <laughs> it is expensive. It's not New York City expensive, but it's mighty close. <laughs> Well, if I can go ahead and market to these highly educated professionals that actually have the money to afford an enhanced practice person, I can say, I am a Maryland State Certified Advanced Practice Personal Trainer. Here are all the things I can provide for you, okay? That dude over there took a course over a weekend from... ISSA. been training for about an hour.
0: And he still bartends on the weekends.
1: <laughs> Mostly just for the bitches. Uh, uh, you know, it's like... What do you think? And they'd be just like, "Well, I got the money, screwed. I'm hiring the good guy, right?" And so we do this in the office now, right? So we have three tiers of trainers even within our gym, right? We have certified, elite, and master. Certified trainer is um, we won't hire a trainer that has less than two years experience in general to begin with, right? We're not your first training job. We're your second or third training job. So we let the rest of the industry weed you out, uh, but they then have to audition, right? And when you go to elite level. have to audition for that again they have to have a bunch of points and you can basically any combination of certs can get you to the points points plus search plus experience plus billable hours things like that all add up to a score once you've broken threshold on the score you're now allowed to audition for the next level to get promoted um but in each of those auditions you get a different guinea pig and the guinea pig gets a lot harder and so when you go for master they're going to throw you an absolute basket case they're going to throw you just the most off the wall. And so people are like, well, it's going to take me like five hours to write that I'm like, Dude, I won't write that shit on the fly. They're like, well, wow. I was like master trainer. That's what I get paid to do. And Lifetime does something very similar, right? You had mentioned you, you'd worked there. Yeah. Lifetime's very similar, right? They expect you to think on the fly.
0: Five tiers, yeah.
1: Right, and it's the exact same kind of a model, right? And so it's yeah. a matter of you're going through and you're doing that audition to move up the food chain and they give you a basket case and they'll have the guys like, yeah, go Valgus on your overhead. The guy goes, Valgus, and you don't spot it, you fail. Well, the guy goes, Valgus, you stop him and go, hey, give me a second here. Let me grab this hip band and see if we can't work right, and boom, correct it right then and there. That's not a, I need an hour to think about it. That's a, you should just know this shit. Yeah. You know, and so the better gyms do that, and that's that's kind of where we live in the spectrum. Um, you know, I've I've watched all sorts of stupid kettlebell shit from some of our rookie trainers that have no training, right? You know, like the guys that start with swings starting from the top, air swings. Yeah, you know, they'll start they'll start from right here and just start wildly vacillating their hips, and it's like, oh my god, that hurts my back just watching you. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, you see dumb shit like that, you know, and so you you take them aside between clients and go, hey brother, yeah, why don't you starting the guy in the air? Well, because I was like, because some asshole on YouTube did it. Yeah. yeah. You want me to help you with that? Or fuck you, old man. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> Poindexter, get out of yeah. here with your science, Mr. Yeah. Scientist. Mr. Science Man. You yeah. know, And they'll look over at me, right? And it's like, I'm an ugly dude, right? And I just tell people, I was like, look, when I'm staring at 50, not 20. And they're like, it was like, well, you know, I can't see your abs. I'm like, dude, I can't breathe long enough to do the cardio to get them. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, and you don't have the biggest biceps here. I was like, nope, they're not telling me shit about programming. I'm not pretty sure they don't hold knowledge. Uh, oh, wow. You know, and, and, and so. Oh, is that where the muscle memory comes from? Yes, the muscle memory is that my biceps tell me what to write for my client. <laughs> um, I go to the middle delta for doing sport. Uh, okay. Because the Makes middle sense. delt whispers better than, than the bicep does for sport moves, uh, you know. And, and, and I use it, traps for Olympic lifting. Yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> really? Really? More yeah, pull, pull. Harder. Uh, yeah. More okay. pull. Got it. We'll do. <laughs> you know, like, You know, it's like you know the TFL. That little bastard tells me wrong all the time. Uh, <laughs> nasty little fucker. Uh, <laughs> won't relax for shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you fun rolling your IT band Because some guy said so. <laughs> Does does that feel good? No, it hurts like shit. Then don't do that, man. You understand it's functionally tight. You actually can't loosen that. (laughs) You're just going to go to the chiropractor if you keep this shit up. You're just going to end up with bruises all over. Yeah, if you really do it like a champion, you're probably going to ultimately just give yourself an inflammation. (laughs) You're just going to hate yourself. I will mock you uh, because I'm a dick uh, and it will make me laugh but hey man you do you boo boo at least one of us will have a good time at least one of us is enjoying (laughs) you foam rolling your IT fan faces you're making look like bad porn with midgets
0: (laughs) oh man all right, Mike. Well, I've got to let you go because i got to put my kids to bed. Speaking of midgets, um, I've actually got to go put my two my two young children to bed, but I really appreciate the time, man. This was a lot of fun. I'm actually going to – I'm probably going to break this into two episodes because it's two hours long at this point. I'll cut out some stuff, but uh, this is a lot of fun. And I, I really I, – honestly, I, I my face hurts from smiling and laughing so hard. You are definitely my kind of people, so thanks for making me an honorary member of the tribe. And uh, it's been – ominous, been ominous, the Siamus. <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of fun man i really really enjoy it i'm I'm definitely going to touch base with you more
1: absolutely if you ever need uh room for more bitterness just get me going on instagram at some point <laughs> all right dude i will zip this thing up for you and i'll like throw it in like a dropbox or a google drive so you can pull all it.
0: right sounds <laughs> good man i appreciate it thank you so much we'll talk soon Thanks for listening to this episode of The Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi Wright. If you have a question, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub, on Twitter at TCKBClub, online at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.